you love the Lord, say amen. amen. For God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. And he has woke us up this morning. He started us on our way, clothed us in our right mind, gave us life, health, and strength. And he didn't have to do it, but he did. And we say thank you, Lord, for God has smiled upon us. And he's allowed us even on, on this morning to be here. And, and perhaps that's why I think we ought to say thank you, Lord. Uh, so therefore, even on, on this morning, we are blessed. We believe by your presence this morning that you're blessed as well and that and that you have come into this house to magnify the Lord and to uh, worship, worship him. Uh, we are grateful to be here again. Thank God for the invitation uh, to again stand uh, in this gap uh, that God may use us in a mighty way. Uh, so that the people of God and those that know not God may be able to know about him and learn how to love him more and how to serve him better. Uh, therefore, uh, we believe that, uh, that heaven and earth will pass away, but, but the word of God, amen, will stand, stand forever. And so, so there is a word that we need uh, for our spirit, if you if you're like me, sometimes this, this race can become weary. It can be overwhelming. It could be uh, daunting. But uh, when you think about uh, the grace, the mercy, and the goodness of the Lord, uh, it could begin to allow you to continue to push forward and press forward and to keep holding on no matter, no matter what we go through. Uh, we, again, bring you definitely greetings and glad tidings from uh, Brownsville Church of Christ, where God allowed us to allows us to serve, and we are continually praying for this congregation as you navigate uh, in your next steps and make various decisions as it relates to uh, leading and guiding and be able to be workers together. And so we pray that uh, not only what we say today, but that what you are reading in the Word. Uh, may give you uh, a path of righteousness that you might be able to uh, just uh, see God uh, in the midst of, of every circumstance. It's, I believe that's important to try to find God uh, in, in every circumstance, to uh, even when it comes to your uh, relationships, where, where is God in this financial stuff? Where is God and us, when it comes to your marriage, when it, when, it, when it comes to your health, trying to find God in it. Because uh, by doing that, it will allow you to know that you're not in it by yourself. Uh, so, so let us keep holding on and keep trusting God. It's good to see those that we know and pray God bless you, God keep you, is always our, our prayer. Uh, beloved, let us go right into the word of God. And I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, if you can join me in standing. Uh, get, follow me to Psalms 40. Psalms 40. Psalms 40. 
And we're going to just focus on the first three verses of, of this text. And from that, we, we plan to uh, expound upon the word of God. Psalms 40. If you have it, say read. David says, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined uh, to me and he heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Uh, be seated, beloved. The grass withers, the flower fades away, but the word of God will stand forever. As we preach under the sermonic theme, just wait for it. Just wait for it. I know you can't touch your neighbor, but you can look at him and say something. Uh, so just tell your neighbor, just wait for it. Amen, amen. Just, uh, just, uh, just wait for it. Many, many people, believe it or not, uh, Brother Coffey, they, they already come to a fast food restaurant in a rush. Even before they order their food. They're already in a rush. Before they get to the cashier. Soon as they pull up, already in a rush. And perhaps it could be the ideal that because one is in a rush, they or us or whoever it is can have a certain demeanor because there are some things that we had when we came to this restaurant that was labeled fast food. We had already built up something within ourselves that we have come to, regardless of what's on the menu, we were pulled because of the rush by the title, by the verbiage, fast food. Thereby, it doesn't mean that we're looking for healthy food. We may not be looking for good food. We, we might not be looking for authentic food. But, but we've come to this place, wherever it is, KFC, McDonald's, Burger King, Popeye's, Polo Tropical, wherever it is, we've come with the expectation of fast food. And I believe that, Brother, Brother Patrick, 
One of the reasons, three reasons why we, why we come to a, a fast food restaurant in a rush. I believe that the first thing, ideally, that we come to a fast food restaurant in a rush is because, number one, expectations. Because, again, the label or the, the title or the verbiage that is on the sign that says fast food, we have ideally expectations. Everybody say expectations. Which is to say that this is the way that I see you. I don't see you as good, as authentic, as healthy. I see you as fast food. And thereby, because of the way I see you or it, I have thereby, number one, set an expectation. And because of my expectations, it is possible that they can be disappointed. That they possibly can be not met because I have already set my expectations before you have presented to me what my options are. And as a result of that, it can cause me or you to become mad, frustrated, become sad, angry, or happy based upon how my expectations are met. Thereby, number two, I say that we come to the fast food restaurant in a rush because of emergency, which in essence says that I've come because I got something else to do. I, I can't stay long. I, I cannot be here forever. Y'all you know what y'all say? It, it may, I need it now or never. I remember a long time ago, worked at KFC, person came in again already ready to get that chicken whatever it was and because it took longer than five minutes they left and went to another line at Burger King and thereby the same time that it could have took for them to wait to receive whatever chicken they wanted was because of their anger and their expectations not being met and they're in an the emergency they literally drove five minutes to the Burger King just so they can wait five more minutes for a Whopper. Again, I say that we're in a rush when we come to fast food restaurants because expectation, expectations, emergency. Well, I have something else to do. Lastly, I believe the reason why we come to a fast food restaurant uh, in a rush is because simply I just want to eat. For my appetite. I'm hungry. And I am starving. Desperately. I got to take this medicine. I, I need something to eat. I eat all day. So I have expectations. Emergency. And I got to eat. This is the thesis statement of how we deal with God. How we approach his throne. And how we deal with God not giving us what we want when we want it. I thereby say that we 
set before God expectations. We say, in essence, to God, God, I see you as an on-time God, and thereby when I ask God, my expectations are of you to give it to me now. Because somebody told me that you are a right now God, and because I heard somebody say that, I believe that when I ask, I should get it right now. Because my expectations have been set, and as a result of that, if you don't come when I want you to come, I thereby am becoming angry, sad, and frustrated. I say that we often come to God because of emergency. Say, God, listen. I'm ready now. I have something else to do. I cannot keep waiting for you to let me know or to give the person that in the interview my name so I can be hired because I want to go out of town. I've got something else to do. I cannot wait no too much longer. This is an emergency. I need it now. And I don't want to wait long because I am now in a panic mode. The, the people are calling me about bills. God, my, my children need to eat. Lord, I need gas in my car. God, I'm dealing with a health issue. Lord, do it right now. This is an emergency. I'm in a rush. Thereby, we come to God because this sometimes we're in panic mode. God, fix it, Jesus. Fix it. Right now, lastly, because we got appetite, we want to, we want to, want to be full. We are hungry, starving. Thereby, we come and say, God, whatever you do, give it to me now. I need it. I'm about to lose. It is imperative that as we look at God this way, that we begin to understand that here it is, I may break up your theology, that God is not always a God that's on time. And thereby, it is to say that God often will allow us to have to Wait. God is in control. And therefore, since he's in control, it is imperative that I learn how to wait. And therefore, if I do not learn how to wait, I can find myself in a bad relationship with God. Because of the way I frame God and the things I place before God, perhaps it has become of a teaching or a lesson, but I have to begin to reevaluate the way I understand God. David is the writer in the text. There is what Bernard a a uncertainty. But a smiley because David writes about waiting. 
But the uncertainty is we do not know, nor have we been given the, the privilege to know what he's waiting for or how he got in the position he's in or when he entered into the position. All we know is that he is in a waiting stage. And therefore, we cannot get yet just to guess the fact of the matter that at this point, David is simply in a posture of waiting. And although we as people of God can assume what he's waiting for, David never reveals what he's waiting for. David, in this text, some believe that he is waiting from the time of being a shepherd boy to being the first king. Here is he writing Psalms 40, which is come to the conclusion of one of the first books of Psalms, where it has five books. Psalms 40, David writes, and he deals with this idea of waiting. Therefore, we can presuppose, for there is a presupposition that says if David is waiting that he is in a position that he can't get himself out of. So we can presuppose that if David is waiting on the Lord, that he is in a position that he does not have enough strength or ability to get himself out of. Therefore, he is in total dependence upon God. And since he's in total dependence upon God, David writes Psalm 40 telling us I waited patiently. This is interesting because I'm not going to go too deep, but, but the Hebrew word of waiting or wait means kova, which is in essence to say that one is hoping. One is having an optimism. So the text says David waited patiently, which in essence says that David has to wait anyhow. So whether it's patient or not, he got to wait. So in essence, it becomes overemphasis to say I'm waiting patiently because if you're going to wait, you're going to have to wait anyway. And so whether you're going to wait patiently or not, you still got to wait. And so David overemphasized the fact that he's waiting because in essence, even though he's waiting, he's going to have to do it anyway. So the text really said, I waited while I'm waiting. I'm waiting while I wait. Have you ever been in an emergency room or perhaps in a, in a room where you are in a position where you are in a state of waiting? You, you come to the room and many people are in a waiting room for different reasons. And so some of us this morning may be in the stage of waiting. Waiting for results. Waiting for help. So let's look at the text. It says, I waited for the Lord. So David is not waiting on anyone else. He's waiting for the Lord. Well, why would he wait for the Lord? Well, it is because he believes that the Lord has the ability to get him out of the situation that he's in. 
And thereby, David says to us, even on this morning, that we, as people of God, have to understand that if you're going to wait for anything, wait for the Lord. Because he's able to bring you out of or bring you into whatever he desires for you to get into or out of. Why? Because he has control. I know oftentimes we want to have control. And one time a lady told me a long time ago, and I was trying to make some chicken at, the, at a chicken place, said, I'll come back there and make it myself. You can't do that. And so therefore, you got to stay where you are because here it is, you don't have the authority, you don't have the skill, and you don't have the knowledge to do what you're asking me to give you. And we have to be careful that we don't begin to try to be God for God. Trying to make decisions based upon what we think God wants us to do rather than consulting his word and waiting for him to speak to us and provide for us and to help us in the midst of our circumstance. It is imperative that we recognize that, that God is going to be God and beside him there is none other. So you cannot begin to allow yourself to try to take over for God because because if you do that all the time you're going to mess it up you're going to ruin something you're going to break relationship you're going to mess somebody up you're going to break your heart because God says that you got to trust in him so David although we don't know where he ideally how he got there we don't know when he got there but David says I'm waiting and because I'm waiting I got to wait patiently. Because the idea of David waiting on the Lord is, in, is interesting. David waiting upon the Lord without immediate answer. Often you may hear the idea that David waits in anticipation for an answer. But, but really I want to deal with three points this morning. You, I'm not a point preacher, but but I said, I'm coming to Pimmel Park, so let me give some points. <laughs> and you can write them down if you'd like to. I'm just, I'm just talking to you. I'm just talking to you. Number one, I'm going to deal with the behavior of waiting. The behavior of waiting. Number two, I'm going to deal with the breakthrough uh, in waiting. Breakthrough in waiting. And number three, I'm going I'm to deal with the benefit of waiting. I decided, Brother Smiley, y'all already, already picked y'all preachers, so I, ain't gonna, I don't need to press nobody. I'm just here to give a word and I'm out of here. Here it is. David says, while I am waiting, I am patient. It is, number one, the behavior of waiting. It is to remind us that it is imperative that as we wait on God, we must look at the way we operate when we do not receive an immediate answer from God. When God does not give it to us as he gave it to us, he gave it to another person, 
we have to begin to look within ourselves and say, Lord, while I'm waiting for you to do it for me, I have to have another strength to be patient. Be able to trust him and to, and to know that, that God has not lost control, that he's not out of control, but he has all control. And thereby, because God has all control, let me learn how to have self-control. Here it is, here it is. He, he, he tells us that, that this is the behavior and waiting. The text says, I waited patiently for the Lord. David said, I, the way I operate, I had a hopeful optimism. Really, the etymology of this word quava, Brother Brinson, uh, comes from the word uh, binding together. Binding together. That's the etymology of quava, the, the Hebrew word for wait, which really means that while I'm waiting, I kept it together. While I'm waiting on God, I did not unravel. I did not lose my mind. I did not throw the towel in. I kept it together. I, I did not allow myself to, to walk around slumped over, bothered, sad, and, be, and bewildered. I, I recognized that I was in a season of waiting on the Lord, and because of this, I kept it together. I didn't lose my mind. I didn't give up on God. I didn't throw the towel in, but I learned how to have the behavior of keeping it together, allowing myself to keep proclaiming that victory is going to be mine, that everything going to work out for the good of them, that love of the Lord and that I call according to the purpose and I know that, that all things will work together for the good of them that, that love the Lord and that are called according to a purpose. The behavior in waiting is to just wait patiently and to not lose your mind or to unravel in the midst of your waiting so that you may be able to have the, the right kind of behavior to receive God when he gives it to you. Because, because, because quiet as it is kept, some of us are not happy until we have all that we want. And we sometimes place the standard on, on pastors. Sometimes place the standard on wives and husbands employers, employees, we, we got to be careful because a person that wants more than they really need is called a one that is uncovered, meaning they covet what they don't have. They, 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 they have what they need, but they want more and more. It's almost like a black hole where, where you got to keep feeding it. David says, my behavior in waiting is I kept it together. Paul, you had to keep it together, right? It's interesting, Sister Brinson, that when people are waiting, their first impulse is to leave. I told you the lady, when I say five minutes, Brother Brinson, she left. Because it seemed like the grass was greener other side. I don't got time for this. I, I've been through this too many times. I can't afford to wait anymore. I've got expectations. I've got emergency and I need a word right now. And so we don't always want to just wait for it. 
they will just we'll unravel. We'll begin to make up lies. We'll begin to make up reason. We'll begin to make up accusations. We'll begin to just say things that may not be true just so that we can feel justified in the reason why we cannot afford to wait. If I ain't preaching to nobody else, I feel like I'm preaching to myself. I'm telling you this morning, Prima Part, at the end of the day, the behavior in waiting is to keep it together. To not doubt, not lose hope, because if you want to know what the devil is after, he's not after your money, he's not after your husband or your wife, he's not after your church, he's after your faith. If he can stop you from believing, from trusting, from staying with God, he got you. So here it is, he said the behavior in waiting goes on the so I waited patiently for the Lord. He, he inclined uh, to me. He, he, he inclined to me. And, he, and the text says he, he heard my cry. Word inclined has the sense of God Bending down to David in his affliction, removing any perceived distance between the Lord and his servant. You see, this is an anthropomorphic term where, where, where David uh, puts a human feature on a divine God. And so David begins to make sense of his time of waiting by putting an ear on a God that is a spirit. And therefore David tries to make sense of his waiting and begin to gain the strength that he needs and he tells himself, even though I'm waiting, I know the Lord is listening. I'm trying to help somebody this morning. Even though I'm waiting, I know although God is a spirit, I know he hears me. I, I know he knows that, that I'm in pain. He, he knows that I'm sick. He, he knows that I'm troubled. He knows that I need help. So David places this ear on God and he says, I know God, God has inclined to me. And this is a blessing because he says, in essence, God has bent down to hear my cry. You see, God is a good God because, because he is on the right hand of his, of his father, but, but yet and still he finds it a good thing, David says, to still be on the throne, but yet bend down to us and still have enough power to be able to hear our cry and still be on the throne. Therefore, David says, the Lord has inclined to me he heard my cry. This word incline means Lord has taken interest. He has went to the place where the cry is coming from. You see, when David knew that God heard his cry, he was confident of a favorable answer. You see, I found this to be the true fact that, that some of the best places to pray is in time of persecution. 
You see, you're not always going to have an opportunity to, to come to the Pimmel Park building and lay your care before the throne. Sometimes the best place to play is in the place of persecution. I'll tell you how I know this is because even we find throughout scripture that, that many men and many women found themselves not always in the sanctuary, but in the midst of persecution, they prayed to God and God helped them. Peter, walking on the water, didn't have time to, to ask God to, to forgive and do all. He said, Lord, save me. David says, in essence, that I began to posture myself in prayer. Even in the midst of my not having, I began to still pray to God and talk to God. Why? Because I know that he hears me. David says that he patiently waiting on the Lord. Inclined to me. He gave me his attention. David was confident in the favorable answer. I've come to, to tell you today is that, that you've got to be confident to know that God has favored you. I know that's hard to believe. I know it sometimes seems selfish. But you've got to be confident enough to believe that God has favored you. You see, the hope is that when you are in the waiting room, that you're waiting, anticipating for what? For, for somebody to do what? To, to call your name. The waiting room is, is simple. It is simply I'm waiting for someone to call my name. I'm hoping for good news I'm hoping to have attention but, but the main reason I'm in the waiting room is simple I'm simply waiting for somebody to call my name and who's going to call your name I'm waiting for the person with the answer to my problem to call my name so they can give me an answer to my situation so I can move on and begin to live a, live a better life a more healthy life a more strong life but while I'm in the waiting room I got to be be patient and I got to keep holding on because I'm simply waiting for somebody to call my name. Here it is, here it is. He says, the Lord inclined to me. He, he heard my cry. Uh, he, he heard my voice. He, he understood it. And thereby because he heard it, David even though his prayer is not answered, reassures himself that God is listening. Some of you have been walking around and felt like you're by yourself. This is, I want you to hear this. David says, even though I may not have the answer, I know God is listening. And just understanding that can give us hope can give us reassurance. I, I know that, that when I talk to God, he's listening. I'm still talking about the behavior and waiting. Here it is. He says, inclined to me, hear my cry, but, but, but look at verse number two, uh, the breakthrough of waiting or in waiting. Text says, he also brought me up out. Let, let, let me say it a little bit slower because y'all missed it. He also brought me up out. Maybe I need to say a little bit. Maybe I need to come in and say it again. Let's say it slow. He 
also brought me up. I was in, but it brought me up and out. Isn't that what you were praying for? I thought you were going to shout about that because somebody, maybe I'll pray the answer, but, but what the David says, he, he inclined to me, but, but he brought me up and he also brought me out. He, he, he did not just bring me up, but he brought me out. It, it is interesting to know that, 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 we, that, that God, he's bending down, and, and God has never uh, saved somebody without getting into their circumstances. And, and so David is saying, here it is the breakthrough in, in waiting. He's saying that, that because the Lord inclined to me, he brought me up out. He, he, he did not just put me in a position where he's bringing me up. But he also delivered me. Yeah. This is interesting, and this is why I say I hope you didn't get you. I hope you would have got it because this doesn't just talk about healing or rescue. This talks about deliverance. This says I did not just come out of I just come up out up, but I also came out. He he, he did not just uh, save me; he delivered me. He did not, they did not just take the drugs from me. He delivered.